excited to welcome Daya's Executive Director Rachna Khare to Chai Time. Uh, Daya is Houston's nonprofit whose mission is to empower South Asian survivors of domestic violence, domestic dating, and sexual violence with culturally specific services and to educate the community to end the cycle of abuse. Today, Rachna is here to talk to us about Daya's newest initiative for young adults in our community, titled Elevate. This conference will be held on February 10th and aims to elevate our standards for how we treat ourselves and others. Welcome, Rachna. Thank you. Uh, so good to see you. Good to see you too. So tell us more about Elevate and what can people expect from it? Yeah, so Elevate will be an all-day conference on oh. February the 10th, okay. Saturday. And it is a free conference. Okay. And what we really want to do is shift the way that we talk about some of these really hard topics, mm -hmm. but do that in a fun and engaging way. So... What people can expect is to attend the conference and they'll, there'll be four or five different sessions okay. where we will really address some of these um, major topics that are a little difficult to talk about. We're going right. to be talking about healthy masculinity, how to love yourself more, oh. how to stay safe in relationships and practice your boundaries. And then we're going to really deep dive into safety online, in, even with like online dating yeah. and as well as social media. Oh. We're going to be looking at not just how to stay safe in romantic relationships, but also how to really be celebrated, honored, and loved in your relationship with your friends, with your family, mm. with your partner, and really most importantly with yourself because it all starts there. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. but you said it's only for young adults, right? Well, so yeah. it's geared at young adults because okay. we do want to make sure that <laughs> People are getting these messages earlier in life, right? Yeah. Like, and taught and breaking the silence around these issues yes. as we're younger. So our target audience is from 16 to 25. And I'll tell yeah. you, we chose that target audience because that is the age where domestic violence is most likely to occur. Oh, which is surprise, which right? surprised me. I mean, I think yeah. people think of a married couple yeah. and things like that but yeah, as people are starting to date and especially in our community where you don't necessarily talk about it with your parents or even adults yeah. in your life right i think people just don't exactly know how to navigate that situation so they're more susceptible to um, controlling behavior unhealthy behavior and abuse okay but that being said the conference is really open to anyone okay we've already had quite a few people register and i'm seeing ages everywhere from high school age to people in their 40s like me yeah. and then even older than that because i think it's just never too late to take a take a break and right. invest some time into changing the way the standards that we're holding for ourselves That's we really want people to have high standards yes. for the people that they allow into their lives yeah. and to have high standards for, for themselves, themselves and how yes. they should be treated. Yes, Absolutely. because I'm just thinking as like a 16-year-old girl, right? Yeah. Or like 14, 15, you're still learning who you are. That's and right. There's so many influences coming in. That's so right. And we, vulnerable we get them, so much you know. information from watching TV or yes. from the media 
and from you know talk yeah <laughs> social media exactly and yeah. what we want to do especially for and the conference is open to everybody mm-hmm. you don't okay. have to be south asian to attend yeah the lessons will be applicable to people of all backgrounds but we we find that in south in the south asian culture in other immigrant cultures in other communities of color sometimes we the standard of beauty that we see out there is mm-hmm. you know very and things are changing of course yeah. but I know when I was a teenager, it was the Cindy Crawford years, right? So it was yeah. it was the the supermodels, yes. right? And and so it can cause especially girls to think that they may not deserve better, and they yeah. may feel like they have to settle for somebody that you know may at worst treat them poorly, but even somebody that they're just not that interested in. Yes, and I think the same happens with boys in our community too. Yeah. You know, there is. This idea that Asian boys, they're especially you know, now, again, things are changing with shows like Beef and things like yeah, that, where, yeah. where Asian Americans are seen in different ways. But we used to be, you know, kind of the butt of the joke and yeah. like the nerdy kid. Exactly. And so I think even for, for boys in our community, it can be really difficult to navigate um, high standards for when oh, you're dating and even who you let in that. as your yeah, friends. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, because it's not just relationship, it's friends too. I'm it's thinking friends. I have a thirteen year old, so yes. I can see the boy like, you know, different and boys you don't even think you're always have so much attention on girls, but I'm glad you're bringing Well, you, you know boys, what? You know? I learned this years ago. I was talking to a co- my cousin who I'm really, really close <laughs> to and we were up all night talking about kind of the standards of yeah. beauty and yeah. how dating is, this, you know, when we were maybe in our early 20s. Yeah. And I was saying, oh, it's so difficult to be a woman because X, Y, Z, all the reasons that, yeah. you know, we've talked yeah. about on the show. And he was telling me he's, you know, he's like, well, tried not being like over six feet tall. And there are girls who say, oh. I don't want to date somebody who's short and like, you know, things like that. Yeah. So. Um, so I think that people of all gender identities can face these um, stereotypes yes. and these strange standards of, of beauty and relationships and friendships. And um, it can get really difficult. But when we start with ourselves and really raise our standards then, exactly. for what we are willing to accept, right. we're setting ourselves up for success in relationships. That's amazing. So what inspired Daya to start this new initiative? We have been watching, and I'm sure you all have been too, watching the news and seeing so many domestic violence homicides. And it's just been, you know, the increase since COVID has been exponential. And these deaths are happening in our community too. What we started to see also was that some of these homicides were not, again, these long-standing couples who had been married forever. Some of them were dating relationships. And, you know, I, I look at some of these victims and, and, you know, our whole team was, we, we, every time there's a domestic violence death, whether it's in our community or, you know, in the Houston community yeah. overall, we try to see, you know, what could have been done different? Where yeah. could the system have done better? Where could we have done better? And when we see people who are 18, 19, dying from domestic violence, from dating violence, we really thought, okay, it is urgent that we start working very closely with young people about 
who they are letting into their lives mm-hmm. and how they're making these decisions, yeah. you know? And um, and that's, of course, the very extreme, right. being murdered. But yeah. sometimes, even when we, we look around and we have conversations on our team about people's children or nieces and nephews, and and sometimes it is really sad to see mm-hmm. how there's bullying in our community, yeah. how people who are being bullied, whether it's by a dating partner or whether it's by a friend or whether it's, you know, by a cousin. Right how they don't really know how to respond and how they sometimes internalize that. And they start to feel really bad about themselves. So what inspired us was that we just want to start with the self and say, if we can help people raise their expectations for who they let in their life, for how they are to be treated and how they treat themselves, everyone's going to be on better footing the older yeah. they get and as they get into yeah, romantic relationships. Yes, yeah. yeah. And some of this happens with family members too. I mean, we have we have clients even who are in their early 20s who are who are shamed by their by their parents for oh, not wow. being married yet, oh. for being overweight, for being too dark. Mm-hmm. These are sort of those taboo topics that we really want to address. Oh. And we really want to say that it's being loving yourself yeah. is really what matters and when you love yourself can really help you elevate your standards and yeah. say no better to others yes. oh wow that's amazing um so where is this event like is it like uh in person it is it's oh, in person it'll be we'll have we'll have meals for everybody as well oh. breakfast and lunch it will be um in it's going to be on the west side of Houston, I think close to, it's close to Katie. Okay. After folks register, and I think we have the link in the yeah. Facebook uh, chat, and people can also um, email us at contact at diahouston.org, okay. and we can send them and the, the registration. Okay. Um, and after you register, you get the exact address and everything like that. Okay. We just wanted to make yeah. sure we have enough um, space and food and everything. We're capping the audience at about 100 people so that as we're having these smaller conversations, yeah. people can really open up yeah. with one another. That would be amazing. Yeah, that's what I was like. Is it online? No, no, no. Yeah, so we, we you know, we're going to, yes. Be amazing. Yeah, we're going to do it in person. We have guests coming in from, um, guest speakers from all over Texas. So we're, we're excited about oh, that. Great. Um, we're so gla- glad that Daya is working proactively to prevent dating and family violence. What are some of the causes of this kind of abuse? Yeah, so I think this is the question that we think about a lot. And, and it's very easy to say, oh, the abuser is just a evil person or a broken person, and that's why domestic violence happens. But there are so many different factors, right? So... Many of the times, the person doing the abusing has experienced trauma themselves. Maybe they grew up in an abusive home. Maybe they were experiencing abuse themselves, like child abuse. Um, But coupled with that, because children who grow up in abusive homes, they're more likely to become abusers, and they're more likely to become victims. So what sort of (laughs) differentiates that is this sense of entitlement, really. So this is why, in many cases, the abusive partner is um, a male partner. Because there is this sense, you know, in all communities, including ours, and when I say ours, I mean South Asian community, Houston community, Texas community, human community, right? There is male privilege. There are places where men are treated um, 
better, more as they're more valuable than women. Mm-hmm. Women are taught to just um, grin and bear it, right? Mm-hmm. To do everything they can to sacrifice to take care of their family. And we're also taught from a very young age that success looks like getting married, mm-hmm. having a great family. And this is true, right? Yeah. That is a successful thing. Yeah. But that's success for men and women and yeah. people of all genders. Yeah. But women are the ones kind of bearing the brunt of that. Yeah. So these combinations create a situation where when you see somebody who is who has seen abuse before and they see it as normal. Yeah. And whether that abuse is physical or maybe it's talking down to somebody or yelling at them or criticizing them, when they see it as normal. Yeah. And then they think, well, I deserve that. I'm entitled to tell somebody what to do. And then they want to have control over that person. Right. Because that helps them control their life. Yeah. All of those factors, entitlement, history of abuse and the need for power and control create abusive dynamics. And on the flip side, when we have survivors that grow up in homes where there is verbal abuse or physical abuse or neglect or in-law abuse or, you know, just mistreatment of people, they normalize that as well, right? They see their parents, one parent talking to another parent poorly, Mm -hmm. and they think, I guess that's how parents talk to each other, right? right? And so that's why we really want to elevate our expectations. Wow. There's so much thought put into it. And I'm sure so much research and so many numbers, (coughs) right? Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, across the board, one in three women and one in seven men will be a, will experience some form of domestic violence. And again, the most prevalent age that this happens is ages from 16 to 24 There are national studies that show that less than 30% of parents think that dating violence will be an issue for Mm. their children. The reality is 58% of college students of all genders have experienced some sort of dating violence, and 57% of them didn't know where to go for help. Oh, my. That's so sad. And that includes their parents. Yeah. So when we talk about elevating the standards, we're also talking about kids to start these conversations with their parents and parents to say, this is my responsibility as a parent. The same way you put a seatbelt on a child, even if it's uncomfortable, this is your responsibility, whether you're a parent or an aunt or an older cousin or an older sibling. How can we take responsibility to end domestic violence as a community? Yes, I'm so glad you are taking this step. What makes it difficult to leave unhealthy relationships or raise our standards for relations in our life? I think it's because, I mean, why people don't leave abusive relationships is because, of course. So imagine you start dating somebody. Mm -hmm. If on date number two... They started talking down to you. They started telling you what to wear. They started telling you to hang out with. Of course, you would be, it would be pretty easy to say, oh, this isn't working out for me. Yeah. But uh, that's not the way it goes. These relationships start off like a romance story. Again, we are taught that 
you know, this fairy tale but romance. Why, but why, but why is it if they are abusers and they are and they think they're entitled, so they know how to get someone's yes, attention? Absolutely. And even if they don't know explicitly, even if it's not explicit Someone, yeah. manipulation, at the beginning, this is a new and shiny person um, that doesn't have any flaws. Yeah. And as you get to know people, as they start to mm-hmm. see you as a human. Right. There are things they want to change about you, yeah. and they want to change those things with force and control. Oh, or they start to see you as an extension of themselves. And so, as we all do with our yeah. families, right? Yes, we, we, all, we all see our family yeah. and our partners as extensions of ourselves, but they start to say, well, if you wear, you know, if you wear that outfit, that is making me look bad because that's too short or you're too fat, you yeah, know? Yeah. Or they say, I don't like that friend Layla of yours. Yes. She has, you know, she's always putting crazy ideas in, in your head. head yeah. And I don't want you to talk to her anymore. Yeah. Right? So these are the Start ways little. that abuse yeah. starts. Yeah. And people will say, right? You Maybe you talk to friends or family about that. And what do we hear? Well... That's how relationships can be, or every couple fights. This is all true, but when that behavior is cloaked with the explicit or implicit threat of physical or sexual violence, and when the purpose of that behavior is to control you, Mm -hmm. that is not a normal you know, relationship conflict. Right. That is an abusive relationship. And so only the survivor can know that they know their experience very well and they know their partner's intention yeah you know so if somebody gets frustrated and when they get frustrated they slam a door because that's what they saw growing up in their house people might experience that in their relationships or in their marriages but if then you have a conversation and say hey i really that's not a healthy way to behave that's not a healthy action to take and they don't take the effort to explore and change that behavior. And if then they find out, oh, she's really scared when I slam that door. Mm. Let me slam it more to scare her more. That's when we go from unhealthy behavior to abusive dynamics. Wow. And it becomes really hard to leave because once you've been isolated, you've been isolated from your friends, your family, they're contr- tracking you on your phone, they're... Uh, telling you where to go, they're telling you if you can or can't work. Um, Many people, especially in marriages, are forced to have children so that they stay in the relationship. They're not allowed to explore their birth control options. It becomes very hard to leave because you have very little support, which is what Daya is here for. Yeah. So this still happens here in Houston. Oh, absolutely. We've seen like Indian movies and we've seen Indian shows. Oh, no. And this, and you know, there's no need for the South Asian community to feel shameful about this. Instead, we should just recognize this happens with all communities. And so, but our survivors who are South Asian need help with language and immigration yeah. and in-laws. Right. That's why Daya exists. It's yeah. not because this is yeah. unique to yeah. our community. Yeah. And unfortunately, when a person is fleeing the abuse, that is when their risk rises the most. If you pay attention on the news, if you see stories about people being killed from their domestic partner, it's almost always that they are in the process of leaving or they have just recently left many cases that's the way because the abuser will think oh my gosh she's leaving 
And their goal is power and control. Mm -hmm. They start to see them losing this control, and then they resort to the highest kind of abuse, which is homicide. Oh, my. I hope, yeah. You know, and it does happen in our community. We saw 619 clients at Thaya last year, and that's just at Thaya. Oh, wow. And there are many other agencies in Houston. Oh, my. Okay. Um, how does elevating our standards apply to society as a whole? Elevating our standards, it, it's going to take all of us, right? So if you find yourself, if you have a friend or a family member who's experiencing problems in their relationship and you, it's easier to be like, oh, no, 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 things will be okay. Everything will be fine. You know, that, that's me too. It's the easier thing to say. But if we start to elevate our standards for our friends too, if you're someone's friend or family member, dig deeper in that conversation. How is that person feeling? Are they afraid? Because that's much different than being upset with your spouse for one day or, you know, or if you're seeing a young person or even your friend becoming more isolated or, oh, before I hang out with you, I have to check with my boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever, that's something to explore more. So as a society, if we all start to elevate our expectations for the kinds of relationships we see, instead of sweeping it under the rug, instead of turning a blind eye, if we pay attention to the red flags and we call them in, yeah. so it's, it's important to not call it out when the, when the person's partner yeah. is there, but to, to pull my friend yeah. inside and say, mm. I'm seeing these things and I just want to check in with you yeah. because it's so unlike you right. to not hang out with me. And that it's okay to have these vulnerable conversations when they're based in love and respect. Healthy relationships are possible, right? Equal relationships are possible. Yeah. Yes, I definitely agree. We will continue this conversation. We have to take a quick break and we'll be back after the break. Welcome back to Chai Time. We are having this great conversation with Rachna Kare about um, Elevate, the newest initiative from Daya. And we were actually talking about unhealthy relationships, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so we were talking about a friend who's going through abuse and then this other friend is trying to help. Yeah. But what if the friend who's going through abuse like doesn't want to share or seems very resistant? Yeah. Like, so how does the other friend help? And this is so common. Right. The thing that we always recommend is to let your friend know that you're there for them. Mm-hmm. You, you can say, you know, it's fine if you don't want to talk about it, completely okay. Yeah. But just know, if you ever do or if you ever need any help, right. I'm here for you. Okay. And that I will never, you know, I won't tell, you, tell your story to anyone else. Yeah. I'm not going to gossip about this. I'm not going to tell anyone. Yeah. The thing is, you want to always avoid being another controlling person in their life you yeah. never want to put an ultimatum on them yeah you just want to leave the door open yeah and if you can if you start to see signs of abuse if you can document those signs on your own as the mm-hmm. friend then later on when things might escalate you can yeah. either share that with them yeah. they and they can use that in a legal case but more importantly than that they can use that to see oh my gosh this is a pattern. Because yes. a cycle of abuse is that after moments of abuse, there's a honeymoon phase okay. where the abuser apologizes, says it'll never happen again. Yeah. Buys presents. is really sweet, yeah. you know, yeah. and 
people think because again because our standards have been set that we especially as women are responsible for this family we need to keep this family together every marriage has its ups and downs so we look at this honeymoon phase as oh my gosh please let this be the time that things change but as soon as that tension starts to rise again mm -hmm. that's a big red flag for an uh, a survivor yeah. to know that you're back in the cycle mm -hmm. and so as a friend the way that you know i think what what happens normally is if you're able to bring it up it's such a brave thing to yeah. go to your friend and say hey i'm worried about you yeah. and and it's much easier to say it's none of my business. Yeah. You know? yeah. And you can, you know, I, I think it's fair to say I don't want to pry. Yeah. I, these are just things that I've noticed about you. Yeah. The other advice I would give is focus on your friend and not the person. So it's not, oh, I see your um, your wife is treating you really poorly. You know, yeah. I don't like the way she talks to you. Yeah. It's I, you know, I'm worried because you seem like you're not able to say, speak up, and yeah. say the things you want to say. Yeah. You seemed quieter. You seem a little sad. Yeah. Is everything okay? Because they're used to their world having to revolve around that abusive that, partner. Yeah, right. So as a friend, you, need you can make your world yeah. revolve yeah. around them. Yeah. You know, you can make yeah. the, them the focus a, yeah. of that conversation. Yeah, that's such a beautiful point. Yeah. yeah, and finally, they can have this space where they're the most important. Yeah. Because ultimately, they are. I mean, this is what elevating standards looks like, is reminding yourself and it sounds counterintuitive, yeah. Because especially in our culture, we've been told to sacrifice and give, mm -hmm. and all of the things that matter. I mean, these are great things yeah. about our community. Yeah. This is why wonderful mothers, and you know, all yeah, wonderful right. things. But at the end of the day, I know it's hard to swallow, especially for moms. <laughs> but you have to come first. Yeah. You have to be your first priority because if you're not safe, if you're not treated well. Your children are seeing that. Yeah. And even if you treat them like they are the star in the world. Yeah, but they're seeing. If they're seeing, they, they love you so much. And if they see, oh, mom can be treated this way, yeah. they think, I guess I can be treated this yeah. way too. They're, they're constantly observing. Of course. For sure. yeah. yeah. And I mean, at Daya, we've had so many clients who have been in abusive relationships for many years. And the reason they finally, you know, had the got the that extra bit of courage yeah. to leave was because their teenage children said mom you deserve more than this yeah. we can do this together oh. the children we see in our community are so incredibly brave and that's why at this conference we really want teenagers to come we believe there is so much potential mm -hmm. in this next generation this yeah. you know gen z to um have different kinds of standards for their lives and really prioritize themselves and their boundaries so that then they can be wonderful caregivers, wonderful friends, right. wonderful partners, yeah. and wonderful community members because they're not being hurt. Their life is thriving. Yeah, that's amazing. How does elevating our standards apply to the society as a whole? You know, I think that's, that's what we have to do, like, not just in your personal life, right? So it starts with thinking about yourself, how do you treat yourself? Do you honor your own boundaries? And then looking at your relationships and then your friendships and how you can help others in your network, in your community. But as a whole, you know, what are we, what media are we consuming? 
if if you're watching something and you know you you see something really misogynistic happen on on TV, that's a great opportunity to pause the television and say, yeah, that might be you know maybe this is part of a comedy, whatever. Yeah. But you know this is a good moment to call it out and yeah. say, hey, this isn't actually that funny. Yeah, you know, yeah. and this is setting the wrong standard. But most importantly. I think when we're watching the news and when we're watching domestic violence happen or mm-hmm. hearing about it in our city, mm-hmm. as a society, we have to stop asking, why didn't that person just leave? Um, why, why, you know, why did they stay in the relationship? Oh, my gosh, they could have just left. Instead of asking, like, what's wrong with the survivor, yeah. we need to say, what did we do in society to not support this person? Right. The legal system is expensive. Is very difficult to navigate. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Right. And so if as a society we also start to elevate our standards for our elected officials to pass laws that mm-hmm. make sense mm-hmm. for domestic violence survivors, yeah. taking guns out of a home where we know there is domestic violence, yeah. you know, making sure that there's enough shelter space in our city, making sure that Immigrant survivors have pathways to get visas that are not tied to an abusive spouse. Yeah. These are the things that we, we, can, we should expect more yeah. of our elected leaders, of our community leaders, yeah. and with that, of ourselves. Yeah. You know, are we out there? Are we voting? Yeah. Are we voting our values? Are we taking the time to educate others in our lives about what the reality is for domestic violence survivors, you know? Yeah. And these are the ways that we will stop domestic violence in its tracks. But it will absolutely take everybody getting a little outside your comfort yes, zone. Absolutely. You know? And doing more research. Like I mean, I didn't even realize, like, voting has so much influence on yes, this stuff, right? Yes, absolutely. Because I generally go in, like, you know, and I don't research the candidates. I know, and it's so, so hard. to right? It's so hard. Yeah. And so... These are the places where DIA can be really helpful. Okay. We are trying to raise our own standards internally yeah. about bills that are out there, both local in the city as all the way to national bills, yeah. around things that you all, that the general community may not see as related to domestic right. violence, but it actually is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's amazing. Um, why are strong boundaries easier to set than they are to enforce? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it, like any good advice, like easier said than done, right? Yeah. You know, I think the thing about boundaries, there's two things. We are, in our community, especially with, with parents, elders, and young folks in our community, oh my gosh, how bad are we at... at at boundaries. Yeah, what are boundaries? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think know. in an Asian, like, in I our, know. like, South Asian, other... And in Asian communities, no yes, it's, like, you know, it's everything from... I tell my mom, my mom, forget that my mother-in-law, there are boundaries, and she'd be like, what? Right. I think it's a new concept Very for many new. people. Yes. And I think that it is easy to say, you know, this is what, this is how I would like somebody to treat me, right? This is my line, if somebody yells at me, I'm not okay with that, right? Yeah. But then what do you do when someone yells at you? Yeah. Some people say, well, I've set a boundary, so that person can't yell at me. So what do you do? But unfortunately, your boundary is your action, not that person. You can't control that person's oh. action. So it becomes on you to remove yourself from that situation yeah. and to later, if it's safe, Speak to that person about that boundary that was broken. And you can decide, right? 
here are how many how many chances I'm going to give this person to break this boundary. But we have to be consistent. So when you set a boundary, make sure that you try your hardest to stick through So it. what are, like, give me an example of boundary. Yeah, so if I examples. said, yeah, for example, if I said, I really am not okay, this is a real boundary, I'm not okay being yelled at. Yeah. I didn't, you know, grow up being yelled at. It's not a thing that yeah is okay to me. Yeah. I think somebody can always speak in a calm voice, even yes. if they're angry. Right. And what I do, if somebody has yelled at me, has, I've said, yeah. I really cannot be yelled at. Right. Like, I'm not going to listen. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to resolve this. this yeah. So, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to remove myself from this situation. Right. Now, in an abusive situation... Yes. A person may not be able to leave. Exactly. That is why boundaries get really hard. So yeah. when we think about family dynamics mm-hmm. in a South Asian family, if a if a child has a boundary that's you know, or if a teenager has a boundary that they don't want their journal to be read by mm-hmm. their parent. Right. And if a parent continues to read that child's journal, yeah. child can't move out of the house, right? right. If they're fourteen exactly. years old. Yeah. But as a parent, it's time for self-reflection. Yes. You are teaching your child that okay. their boundaries don't matter. matter. Yeah. And so, and so I know it's hard, but <laughs> we have to respect other people's boundaries. And at the same time, to the best of our ability, we have to enforce our boundaries. And it's not easy because it's with people that you love and care about. And I'm not saying you throw people out of your lives <laughs> if they break a boundary, yeah. you know. But if you aren't able to safely have a conversation with them, mm-hmm. that's yeah, a red flag. For sure. Yeah, you have to <coughs> think about that whole relationship mm-hmm. at that point. Um, how are boundaries related to unhealthy or abusive relationships? Mm-hmm. So if you find yourself in a situation where you've, like, stated your boundary, and you don't have to say, like, my boundary is, it, yeah. it is saying when we're in an argument, I, I really need us to, to speak calmly to one another. Yeah. Or, um, you know, after, you know, if a chi- same thing with a child. Like, wh- when I'm writing in my journal, I need that to be private. And I'll, if I need help from you as a parent, I will tell you. Mm-hmm. If you find that boundary consistently being broken, or if you find that even when you make that statement... If somebody crosses your boundaries, right, or, or if your boundaries are crossed mm-hmm. and that person doesn't take responsibility for it, mm-hmm. they blame it on you. Mm, yeah. They laugh at you. Yeah. They say your feelings don't matter. That you know that you are in, at the very least, an unhealthy relationship and probably you're at high risk for experiencing abuse. Whether that's emotional abuse or psychological abuse, this idea that, I mean, at any age, any age from two years old to 100, right, Mm -hmm. your boundaries are your boundaries, right? Right. So as we, again, when we're forcing young kids to give auntie or uncle a hug and they don't want to, they're they're telling you their boundary. They don't have the language (laughs) for a boundary yet unless you have a very, very smart (laughs) two-year-old, but... Listen to that and respect that somebody is, especially when it comes to their body, their autonomy, their thoughts. You know, you don't want to control those things. So if you find yourself in a relationship 
where somebody is trying to control those things or on the flip mm -hmm. side are you somebody that's trying to control, control somebody yeah. yeah it there is there's a chance for to reconcile that there's yeah. a chance for self-reflection and self-improvement right and there's help out there for people who are experiencing that. So even for kids, so talking do, do to it. Do you all have like uh, things for boundary or are there books they can read? or like, Yeah, so we, so we have a lot. We have wonderful, healthy kids. relationship presentations. And we have them for kids uh, from like 10 years old to in college. Okay. Okay. And they're tailored for all these different ages. So on our website, thehouston.org, you can go to community trainings and book one. And it doesn't need to be in a classroom. We do them in people's homes. Oh. We do them at clubs. We've been working with a, a group called Girl Up at Dulles High School. Oh, We've been wow. doing presentations okay. with them. And they're very interactive. And then we do scenarios with them. Yeah. What would you do if this happened to you? Or if you saw this, yeah. what would you do? Or reading a scenario and saying, okay, where are the boundaries being broken? In your life, boundaries will be crossed. Yes. We know that. Yeah. But if you have fear if you are walking on eggshells and if you have fear that you will experience harm if you stand up for yourself mm -hmm. that is that's a problem and it's t and it it means that there's it's time to get help and it doesn't mean right if a mother reads a child's journal yeah. that that they're then going to physically harm them yeah no but they're establishing controlling behavior and it, there is an opportunity to maybe speak to another trusted adult in your life. Can your aunt maybe talk yeah. to your mom about yeah. that? Yeah. Can she help you have that conversation? Patient. A grandmother, your father, yeah. a sibling, right? Right. So it just means that, I mean, if somebody is consistently crossing your, ba your boundaries, um, that's not healthy. You deserve more than that. And you can reach out for help um, either... I mean, this is where, as a society and as loved ones, we can be really helpful. Because okay. do you want to call Daya because your mom is reading your journal? Probably not, no. right? Yeah. Like, this isn't... Exactly. It's not I mean, exactly. we will give you yeah. some advice about yeah. it, but yeah. probably not. Um, you know, that's not, that's not the in-depth services we do. Yeah. But yeah. who do you trust in your life? Yes. And some parts about making boundaries, too, is you can make a list. Because sometimes it's really stressful, when somebody is yelling at you or calling you names or bullying you. And you can make a list of who are the adults in my life that, that I can reach out to that won't blame me for this, that won't ask me a million questions, that won't make me tell on the person. Yeah. And again, as helpers, especially as adults who are helping younger kids, yeah. we need to remember as much as we can to let them have some choice in the matter. Okay. So if somebody is bullying them at school, yeah, sometimes that does call for meeting with the teacher, meeting with the principal. But it also, it also includes asking the child, what do you mm -hmm. think might happen if we tell the teacher? Because if that means the bullying might increase, then we also need to do something about their safety if we need to report that. And I'm so glad you say that because I'm the, I'm the kind of mom who, like, if he tells me something, your I think your instinct is just to help them. Oh, for right? sure. Like, yes. not, not give them choices or let them decide. It's like as a mother, you're yes. that mama bear who just wants yes, to. Yes, for sure. I'm like, I'm going to email your teacher. I'm going to email your principal. And the other day, he's like, Mom, that's why I don't tell you things. Yes. And I'm like, Ooh, oh. I know. You know what would be really helpful yeah. is as you're sending that email, can your child help you write that email? Oh. Can they help you word it? Can right. they help describe the situation? Yeah. Can they go to the meeting with you? It's just about giving them more 
any opportunity we have to give children more control over their physical and mental well-being is going to make more resilient adults right and it'll improve the relationship that you have yeah, with them too exactly. just like your son told yeah, you right? Right. i think it's great that he told you that many kids would be think that in their yeah, head but they wouldn't say yeah. it out loud so and it that's makes great it, you know change your behavior so i'm glad we're yeah and things that it is absolutely crucial that we report things to make children and safe yeah. people in our lives safe elders in our life right. safe but we have to remember that just because somebody is young or old or disabled or being hurt, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean they're not strong and it mm-hmm. doesn't mean they don't know themselves. Right. And so it's important to just involve them as that, much as you can. That's great advice. So tell us about some of the speakers for the Elevate Conference. Yes. And who can we plan to hear from? So we have such great speakers. We have... Um, Everything from social workers, we have athletes coming, so we have an ex-NFL player talking about healthy masculinity, we have people that work closely with law enforcement, we have people who work closely with technology so that we can learn about um, social media and how things like WhatsApp and text can be manipulated. The thing we want to do is put tools in people's hands, and this is in the hands of young people is... Amazing. We would love to talk directly to people in the age of 16 to 25. But if not them, then the allies and helpers in their lives, their parents, their aunts, their uncles, their teachers. Right. Because we want to give people the skills. We want to open their minds to a new way of thinking. I think, Mm -hmm. again, with with boys, there's a lot of pressure to be into sports and Mm -hmm. maybe not be creative and not be emotional. And we want to flip that on its head, right? So we have... We have all these wonderful uh, male allies in our community talking about what it, how masculinity, healthy masculinity, involves empathy and love and compassion, all those great things that we all love about the men in our lives who are doing it right, you know, and and men also appreciate that in their friends and others. And and so that's one part of it. The other thing that we we really want to highlight is we have a wonderful speaker named Thesha Jenkins. She is doing a piece on loving yourself. Oh, wow. It all starts there, right? Yeah. So it all starts with knowing that you are worthy of healthy relationships with your family, with your siblings, with your friends, with your partners. And that if you don't have a healthy relationship with that person, it may be okay to step away from that relationship. And if you can't, like in the situation of, Family, in many cases in our community, it's unheard of to, like, stop talking to your parent. Yeah. I have thoughts about that. But let's say that you can't. Yeah. To how to create some space. Right. How to create some distance. How to do some self-care after you have to maybe, not you, sorry, I'm pointing at you, (laughs) interact with your mother-in-law and, you know, not you. And, um, you know, what are things you can do to make sure you feed yourself, take care of yourself, and honor yourself right. even when you're in situations that are uncomfortable and that your boundaries are being crossed or are hurtful. If you can't walk away from those situations, a child being bullied in a classroom might be the same yeah, situation. situation exactly. Right? I mean, yeah. it may you may not be able to walk away all the time. Right. And when you can't, you- who can you count on for support? Who, you know, where does your love stem from? Yeah. And at the end of the day, it always has to stem internally. Right. You always have to honor and celebrate your own 
intrinsic value and all the things that are great about you. It also helps loving yourself helps you be more self-reflective. Right. And then we can raise the standards for ourselves, too. I can say, oh, when I did that, that wasn't very kind. Right. Or I wasn't respecting someone's boundary. Yes. And even it's, if it's been years, maybe I reach out with an apology yeah. and try to mend some of those relationships. Right. Yeah, absolutely. How can people sign up to attend and who is invited to attend? So everyone is invited. Again, if you have young people in your life, we would love, love, love for them to be there because like a game of telephone, sometimes when we learn something and then we try to teach it to somebody else, we lose some of the meaning. So we would love for, for folks who are 16 to 25 oh, to yes. be in the room and everyone is invited right. okay. because we all know that we have interactions with with children, with mm -hmm. young adults, and most importantly, we can all do better. There's also there's always yes. chance for self-improvement right. and to elevate our standards for ourselves and for others. Absolutely. And that's part of this. We have to take responsibility for our own behavior, too, and how can we show up as a good friend and a good ally. To find out, uh, to register for the conference, yeah. you can either go to the link that's on Facebook or you can contact contact at thiahouston.org. And we will email, get a little bit of information from you, and we can register you right there on the phone okay. or email, or we can send you a form, form to register. Perfect. So what are some actions we can take today to get in, into the mindset of elevating ourselves? I think we can be really mindful, and as you go through the rest of your day, um, do uh, one thing I would love for everyone to do today is honor something wonderful about yourself today let's start with that let's start with that self-love and i know we think of self-care as like bubble bath and <laughs> <Our> candy <laughs> and massage and all that is great i'm not <laughs> hating on that i love it but it can be much smaller as you're driving through traffic make a list of all the wonderful things about yourself and mm. the ways that you show up for your family your friends your community because you do you know i mean we have wonderful people in our community yeah. yes. and then i would say that the next time you hear about a case of dating violence, domestic violence, either through the media or through a friend or through the newspaper, um, pause and really reflect on how we can not put the blame and judgment on the victim. Let's stop asking what that person could have done differently. Absolutely. Wow. Amazing. Um, I enjoyed this conversation so much. Always. Like, and I'm learning here. every time we are talking. It's not just about abuse. I think as a parent too, like I've learned, like if I scream at them, I'll be like, I'll take a few. When I, when I calm down, I'll go and tell them, I'm sorry. I yeah. didn't mean to yell at you, you know, but this is what upset me. Yeah. Because when we were little, that's all like my dad, because he was such a strict figure. Right. right? And they, they learned it from their and parents. And I'm still scared of my dad, yeah. right? So because that's the relation we yeah. had, but we want to change We want to change it. We know? want so, to change it. Because yes. especially in the... In the, you know, home countries, people lived with extended families. Right. And in many cases now, you yes, as a parent yeah. are the only one that right. your kids might have. Exactly. So. I'm an aunt, so yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for thank being there you. today. I and, hope uh, everyone, yeah, anyone can go to our website, thehouston.org. Yes. And if you need help, you can call 713-981-7645. All right. Thank you to our listeners and sponsors. And we'll see you next Monday, same time, same place. Bye-bye.